Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world, whenever you are tuning in. My name is James Porcelli. And I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to episode number 10. That's right, 10 guys. Episode 10 double digits. <laughs> of Ruthless Talk. That is right, man. Today is Tuesday, late on a Tuesday, and that means mm -hmm. we are covering Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is celebrating 30 years, Brian, 30 years um, anniversary yep. of, uh, of Monday Night Raw was last night, live in Philadelphia last night. So a really good crowd, really good atmosphere. And yeah, mm -hmm. man, we're going to be sitting, uh, sitting with you guys, man, talking all about it, man. So, but yeah, man. Um, but before we get into that, man, before we get into the show <clears throat> and all of its, uh, all of its glory, all the legends, uh, came out to the show. Yeah. Uh, there was quite a night. few of them. Um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, obviously there was going to be a lot of build, a lot of build was, was built up into the show, mm -hmm. um, as in, in regards to, um, you know, hyping it up for the past several weeks, but, and we'll get into that, man, because there's actually shockingly guys, there is a lot of good. A lot of good to talk about in this show. Shockingly, I mentioned this <laughs> in my on my Instagram. I mentioned this in the Facebook group or the yeah the Facebook group that we have. Uh, make sure you guys join the Facebook group and of course uh, follow us. Uh, stay notified on our social media. Absolutely. Uh, just how just so well done this first hour was. Um, it, it's uh, Brian. I'm shocked. I'm stuttering because like. <laughs> I'm just shocked, man. I don't think I've it ever, was. Yeah, that first hour was really I've good. Watched an hour of Monday Night Raw and was that invested in probably mm -hmm. years. Um, but like I said, man, we're gonna get into all of that, man, and uh, and all of that jazz um, once we get into the show. But before we get into that, man, you guys know we like to start these shows off with a cold open, man. And what I want to start to talk about, Brian, is uh, these rumblings about Roman Reigns versus Stone Cold. Um, yeah. if you guys have not heard, um, there are some rumblings going on on Twitter and all over social media that the WWE has offered a big payday, uh, to Stone Cold Steve Austin to have a big time or a big main, uh, main event WrestleMania match against Roman Reigns, mm -hmm. um, for, yeah, for this WrestleMania, man. So, you know, that, and that does leave a lot of, uh, a lot of questions because also in this show, Brian, Obviously, the acknowledgement ceremony segment was canceled, and uh, yep. it was replaced by a tribal court. Which, uh, again, there's a lot to talk about with that. Positively, lot, yeah. By the way, positively mm -hmm. about that segment, but yeah, again, it just leaves you a lot of questions in regards to the Rock. You know, is he is he still gonna make that grand return? Is he showing up to the Rumble? Is he still gonna have? Is there still a chance that he still faces Roman at Mania? And yeah, man, just, you know, and here's the thing I will say, Brian, I'm going to send this off to you and, and, and get mm -hmm. your thoughts about this, about Stone Cold versus Roman. And, and this might not be the most popular type of response to this. And I understand. I, and, and trust me, I understand, man. Stone uh, Roman Reigns, Stone Cold. And you would think, wow, like that's that's must see TV, man. I have to see that. But that's not the case here, guys. And, and I'm going to tell you why. I don't think this is really needed because um, and because here's what mm -hmm. and we've been saying this uh, the past few weeks, Brian, as well, is that, you know, we've talked about Roman and uh, Roman and Cody Rhodes 
uh, or excuse me, I'm sorry, The Rock and Cody Rock, yeah. potentially facing uh, Roman Reigns about the two-night event. You have Roman face someone else on night one and then have Roman face another opponent night two. Mm-hmm. Here's If they're not going to do The Rock, Brian, here's what I think would be a really, really good decision because instead of having Stone Cold, because to be honest with you, like WrestleMania, if, if you're doing something like, you know, Crown Jewel, like in Saudi Arabia, like if you want to get like a quick pop, you know, quick, you know, little Saudi show. Okay, that's one thing. But this is right. your big main event. Like this is your grandest. This stage is the and Super Bowl. I just Bowl. don't think it's it's necessary to put a guy like Stone Cold. Um, it was one thing I understand when he faced Kevin Owens. Like that. That was. So know, I don't, that wasn't even a. Ma- I I can't. I'll get into it. But that's not. That wasn't even a match. Yeah, it was again. It wasn't it's, really. It was enough, an but it's still entertaining as all hell. Yeah, and it worked out really well for that two night event that they're now doing for the past several several mm-hmm. years. Um, but yeah, but when it comes to facing Roman for the World Championship for the WWE Universal Championship, to me, there's just it's just not needed. Um, to me, Brian, and here here's the pitch. You ready for this? And I'm going to send this mm-hmm. off to you. Night one, you have Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn for night one, because think about it, guys, this dude. And that's what I mean. You hear, you hear the reaction from our number one of this show in Philly, how over this guy is. I've said this for weeks now, how over yeah. he is with the crowd. He has the crowd at the palm of his hands when he really begins that face turn, when he's officially been done with the bloodline, when the bloodline fi- officially kicks him to the curb, you mm-hmm. have that option. And then for night two, is when you pull the or is when you pull the trigger on Roman versus Cody Rhodes night two. Sami Zayn night one, Cody Rhodes for for night two. Stone Cold, would it be cool to see? I yes, I guess. Is it needed? Absolutely not. Brian, your thoughts about this rumor and uh, you know what's your what's your thought process about this? And do you think it should happen? Uh, should it not? Your thoughts, man. The floor is yours. Yeah. So. This might come to a shock, you know, for for people who have known me for a while. I mean, Stone Cold, by a long shot, is my favorite wrestler all time, you know. But I am in 100% agreement with you. Um, This The story that has already been told with the Bloodline and Sammy... It will make se- it makes sense. It fits for the if the Rock was to come back, right? You can insert him into that Bloodline story whatever do i think that if it was stone cold that you know if he came back that the promos would be yeah i'm watching for sure i'd be entertained but yeah i agree with you man it's not no i I don't want that i don't want to see that um at this point yeah if it's not cody and the rock then it's got to be cody and sammy um he is never i, I mean I, I don't want to put a cap on him he's doing fi- he, awesome you know knocking it out of the park but at this point right now in the story that they've been telling for well the bloodline as a whole for a couple years and sammy what about the past nine ten months or so he's at the apex of of where you know that's going he's never going to be hotter or at a, at a more right moment than between now and mania, you know, for something like that to take place. So yeah. And he's earned it. You know, they, they've killed it out there. Like they have been what people have been tuning in for primarily, you know, them and Bray. 
I mean, that's those are the biggest two storyline storylines by far. So yeah, man, why would you why bring in Stone Cold and just insert him into this story into the main event picture? I get it for entertainment purposes and for sentimental value and hell yeah, I'd love it and I'd I'd watch it and but no, it's it's that's not the way it should go down. Not at no, all. No, absolutely not, man. Like and like you said, you even mentioned Bray Wyatt. Like Bray Wyatt doesn't even need a title to even go mm. over. And right. he, and he proved that uh on Monday Night Raw last night. Like I said, we're gonna get to all of that. Yeah. Um again, you know, it's just and that's the thing when it comes to wrestling these days, man. It's just like as soon as as soon as we get hot, right, about a certain about a certain character, about a certain wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we gotta put the title on him. Like Ricochet has to be a world champion, or or uh <laughs> was it Mustafa Ali? He deserves a world championship. I'm like, whoa, 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 guys. Yeah, it's like can we can we like put these guys in just non-title feuds before we start talking world championships? It's like that's what I mean, man. And 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 when we go through the show, man, it just shows you, you know, and 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 I've mentioned this time and time and time again how you do not need great bangers and great matches to put on a good wrestling show Mm -hmm. AEW has been doing this for weeks brian and all they have done since they've put on just great matches is lose 300 some odd thousand viewers throughout the rest of their show go look up their ratings guys they started up close to about that million um uh, viewership and ratings by the end of the show they were well below nine hundred thousand. You know, and you know, that's the thing. Where is just great wrestling, great bangers going to get you? And then we talk about the ratings. We're going to get into these ratings when we go over the show as well, because I do want to talk about that. You'll notice, man, you know, not, not, you know, most fans do not just tune in just for the great wrestling. You know, they want to get invested. They want to feel a connection. They want to, to, to care. Especially the casual fan. The The casual fan is, is going to have to be, sucked in by some storyline you know absolutely man absolutely so and and that's the thing and you have people like that on this show mm-hmm. Sami Zayn is a perfect example this dude and what he's done with the bloodline has just been tremendous from day one and you've built him up properly the crowd is behind him he's completely over and being on a stage like Wrestlemania facing um Roman Reigns now whether he wins the title or not that is still a thought process to 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 think about, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like and you know, trust me, I wouldn't mind having Sami Zayn winning the title at Mania, of course, if he if the story continues to be built correctly. Um yeah. now Cody Rhodes, of course, that is the dude I've said of he's course, a lock. He's gotta be a lock. He's got to be a lock to take that title from Roman Reigns. And that, but that's what I mean, you know, to to prove my point here. You you have stars on your active roster mm-hmm. that can take this company to new heights. You have guys like Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, uh, L.A. Knight, L.A. Yeah, L.A. Knight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Freaking, uh, you know, you know, Cody uh, Rhodes. I mean, a star back. is literally he's he's been made he's elevated into a star now. Now he has to capitalize on this and and you know keep evolving going forward but absolutely right now i mean he he's a star in that company absolutely man absolutely so yeah man just to kind of close this out man as we get into the show man definitely as much and i understand on paper you know we talk about you know we look at match cards right match cards and like ooh, like this is 
this is fire, man. Like this is a really good show. But again, guys, you have to, you have to understand, you know, what this is like, like what's this doing for Roman Reigns? What is this doing for the mm -hmm. company? Yes. Is it going to bring in, is it going to bring in like those old school fans? Is it going to bring in? Sure. Of course it is. My generation. Sure. Absolutely. The They'd be all over it. The longevity of this company. Is it doing anything to have Stone Cold, who is well past his prime, who hardly even wrestles anymore, who's well over uh, 50 years let old? Let me say something about that, too, because... Yeah, sorry to cut you off there, but yeah, no, like, no, you know, no, you no, hear no, people no. saying like, oh, well, he, you know, he wrestled back at, I can't even remember what paper, or was it Mania last year, I guess? When yeah, was Mania that? Night 1 last year, yeah. So, yeah, Mania, guys, that wasn't a match that, you know, I, I'm sorry, I love Stone Cold, man, he is, the, and it, it was entertaining as shit, I'd love to see him out there and do what he did, that wasn't a match, <laughs> it was, it was an appearance, you know, to, to add to the show and it was great for what it was, but to, to just throw him back into this, you know, out of nowhere to the bloodline story. No, please don't do that, man. Really? Don't yeah, do no, it. No, don't do it, Vince. You, man. Listen, and that's a good role for Stone Cold, right? You put him in a, a non-title feud, like with Kevin Owens, right? And it was a hit, man. I mean, I, I truly believe that night one of WrestleMania was one of the best pay-per-views of 2022. I'd stand by that. Um, but yeah, man. So, and like I said, that's a whole different, a whole different ball game there, but putting him, like I said, in, in a world title match against your, your top star of your company is just, it's just not needed when you have stars yeah. on your active roster that can take that ball and run with it and, yep. and make this company better. And, you know, and, and to build, you know, an actual roster that people can, get excited about and you know and, that, and that's when i and you know and we're going to get into the show in just a few moments here but i want to end it with this mm -hmm. i talk about part-timers all the time right how many times guys are we going to rely on guys like stone cold you know what i'm saying guys like how many times are we going to rely on stone cold to bring in these numbers to bring yeah. in guys like the rock to bring in guys like john cena like guys eventually i understand it's excited we all love stone cold he's a legend He's mm -hmm. done wonders for this business and, and we love him for it. But guys, at some point we have to start creating new stars. Yeah, Sami Zayn absolutely. is in the process right now in becoming a star long-term, mm -hmm. depending on how they book him after this Roman feud is over. And then you have Cody Rhodes, who is just a bona fide, just tremendous baby face that you can, that you yeah. can build a connection with. He's going to have this great return at the Rumble. Well, maybe not great return. You know, we already talked about how, you know, skeptical we are about the fact that his return's already being announced before he gets into the Rumble. But still, it's still going to be a, a cool moment. But still, yeah. but anyway, at the end of the day, Cody Rhodes, guys, the way he has evolved in his character, the way he has carried himself is the guy to defeat Roman, not only to defeat Roman, but to take this company to, to new heights, to be that top baby face, mm -hmm. not just in WWE, but in professional in wrestling. wrestling man. Yeah. So, yeah, man. That That is our thoughts about this whole situation, man. We'll update. Uh, and also, guys, like whether it's the whether it's Stone Cold or The Rock, best case scenario, you're going to get a six-month run out of them. You know what I mean? I mean, legitimately. So why? Not yeah. even that, maybe. It's, uh, yeah, I, that's that's being generous, probably yeah. four to six months, you know, at the most. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't want you. You got these talents that are there and ready right now. 
to do this long term, to carry this ball and build it long term. So freaking do it, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right. Without further ado, let us get into the show. Monday Night Raw, 30-year anniversary. This was January 23rd, 2023, <clears throat> live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the Wells Fargo Center. Um, Guys, t- to say that I enjoyed the hell out of this first hour is an mm. understatement. This is <laughs> the best first hour of Monday Night Raw that I have seen in years. And guess what, Brian? There was hardly any wrestling in this first yeah. hour. Hardly. And yep. that's, and again, oh, but, but we need bangers. We need great <laughs> matches. You know, where's the flips and dives? Where, where's the wrestling? Yeah, that's, you know, but, you know, oh, go over to AEW. And they're also, and what also is in, is what is also in AEW is them losing 300 or more thousand viewers. And it's going absolutely nowhere. So again, man, you guys yeah. can hate on me. You can hate that me being that sar- that sarcasm in my voice but hey you know this again guys the statistics back up what i say and i know that i am right because i have the facts and the stats like i've mentioned but yeah man and we're going to mention this the the ratings in this first hour once we get to the end of this first hour and it's also going to prove my point as well but without further ado guys let's finally get into this first hour monday night raw yes sir uh, hour number 1 the show kicks off with the uh, with with Hulk Hogan, the Hulk with Hulkamania running wild in Philadelphia, <laughs> brother. <laughs> and he's with Jimmy Hart, man. They kick mm-hmm. off pretty much the little uh, little, you know, just to introduce the crowd, you know, hey, like celebrating. We're celebrating 30 years and 30 more years to come. Um, but Brian, unfortunately, man, his mic. Wah, wah, wah. There, there's the sound <laughs> effects right there, man. His mic cuts off. Yeah, cuts off. You can hear the crowd going, oh, we didn't hear what you just said. And that really just put a damper. It really did, man. man. And I feel, I honestly feel bad for Hulk Hogan. I really, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the same problem happened to him years ago when he was hosting WrestleMania with Titus O'Neil before. Yeah, man, just really definitely put a damper on things. But even outside of that, um, you know, it's like, you know, Hulk Hogan was out there. He was introducing the show. Welcome to Monday Mm -hmm. Night Raw for 30 years. Here's the problem I have, man. Like, how many times have we seen Hulk Hogan come out for like a special edition of Monday Night Raw just to introduce um, the show to the crowd, and then that's it? You know, like, right? Hell, man, I would have just had the Judgment Day just go out there and just beat the shit out of this guy to start the show, and then bam, you go into your like your introduction or something. Now, listen, I understand the guys. I know he, I, I believe he's got like two bad knees or something. Listen, I'm not saying <laughs> this guy needs to like take like a freaking dive off the stage. No, you just do like a like a attack or something like that. You know, you you have the Judgment Day or something, right? You can build the Judgment Day up because they freaking need it. Just have them beat the shit out of this dude, like. Use these legends to to create stories and to build connection with these active wrestlers. Like, don't just, you know, just, it's like, a, it's like, oh, it's like we, you can hear the crowd too. They're just like, oh, it's Hulk Hogan. And then like, hey, it's like, what you going to do when, when uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and Philadelphia run wild on you, brother. The and cheap it's just like, pop, oh, yeah, yeah, Philadelphia just, Eagles. And then people are yeah. just like, okay, whatever. Like, no, like yeah. get people amped up going into the show, man. I can't express that enough, but yeah, man, I just I feel bad for Hulk Hogan. The mic cutting off. It's unfortunate, man. 
Mm -hmm. um you know just you know 30 years and you know it's like ross still has these freaking issues but <laughs> anyway man but yeah. you know so, and in the back of my mind and, and probably this is just me reading too much into it like i wonder if like somebody's just trying mcmahon you know just yeah I mean, I, just honestly, I'll, good, with yeah. him you know but yeah sorry yeah just with this this intro i for me i think i might have a the first hour i agree with you this show was awesome I might have a, a little bit different take going forward, but so this for me was just like a sign of things to come. When the microphone went out, it was just like that, you know, cause like you were saying, like the, the crowd was kind of like, it was uh, lukewarm and then they were kind of getting into it. And then the microphone cut out and it was just, you know, so, but yeah, I haven't Hogan come out. Cool. Great to see the Hawkster, but yeah and then that's it it doesn't really lead to it's just like oh okay cool it's good to see hulk hogan and then what you know we, we see that with a lot of legends right they come back yeah. they they make a cool like you know they hype up the crowd and they're like hey celebrating you know 30 years and many more to come and they do their shtick and they just leave the ring it's like get creative man this is a television show yeah <laughs> get creative i get it though man. too from the standpoint of just they've accepted to be on the show use them use you get creative with them yeah. you know what i mean so but yeah, man, that that's just that that's just my whole take on that, man. But anyway, let's move on to this first hour, man. But now, but yes, so there was, even though I was excited about this first hour, but that was the one little damper I had at the beginning yeah. of the show before getting into the introduction. They they did a video package of all a bunch of great memories from past uh past memories from Monday Night Raw over the last thirty years, and then we start the show, man. We begin with the bloodline and the tribal mm -hmm. court. Uh, I guess if you want to call it, but yeah, man, the bloodline enters the ring. Um, I believe Sami Zayn was already in the middle, in the middle of the ring. It was just the rest of the bloodline that came out. Um, okay. yeah, uh, the Roman reigns, he comes out, he's like Philadelphia. No, no, he came out with me. them. He was with them. Yeah, man. So acknowledge me says to the Philadelphia crowd an ECW chant then erupts through Philadelphia. <laughs> um, Paul Heyman then gets on the microphone and he says, you just, you guys just chanted three words that are very near and dear to me. You know, and the crowd erupts. They continue that ECW chant. And he says, ECW is dead. And I wish the same for Sammy Zayn. And then that's when we really start getting deep into this, into this mm -hmm. segment, man. So Eamon states that he, uh, you know, he feels like he's been with KO since day one. He's like, he thinks he's, oh, he's saying like, he's leading us on. He's using us for kevin owens to get you know an advantage over him to take the title over roman you know so on and so forth man he calls out the philadelphia eagles you know they're in philadelphia <laughs> now you always got to make those funny sports references i do yeah. like that stuff when people do that sure uh, what do they say he's like we're he's like yeah he calls out the philadelphia eagles man he says we're gonna feel like the fans of the eagles when they get conquered by Brock Purdy and the 49ers i thought that was pretty funny yeah I but he said you know so Brock yeah the emphasis yeah. of barack yeah like you know yeah. i thought that was pretty cool uh like i said man just had to add just had to throw that out there man mm -hmm. yeah and then Heyman shows um then he ends up showing footage um showing footage just to prove that Sami Zayn is is guilty that there is there is something you know Sami Zayn is hiding something you know he shows videos of previous episodes of smackdown i believe one episode i'm not going to go through all of them but the, like but briefly um there was one that you know he uh, I think it was uh, Drew McIntyre attacked the Usos and he kind of scurried off. There was mm -hmm. one where I think he like he cut a promo. I think it was on a Christmas edition of episode. He kind of bumped 
uh, uh it shoulder was like ever was so slightly uh what else there was the war games match where he was like standing alone atop of the war games away from the rest of the bloodline just trying to come up with all these little excuses uh because you know because we know guys Heyman, he just doesn't like Sami Zayn, and he'll do anything mm-hmm. he can to to use these little nuggets to get him out of the blood. Yeah. I actually like that man, and yeah, man, he calls him a rat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Roman is just looking, and the rest of the bloodline is just—they're just looking over at Sami Zayn, and they're just shaking their heads. They're just looking so disgusted. Sami mm-hmm. Zayn finally gets on uh, gets on the microphone. He says his words. He's like, Heyman, the fact that you would even say this to try to put these videos up." and everything just truly hurts man it's very very sentimental um with Sami Zayn, man he really mm-hmm. it's really kind of getting emotional man he's like dude like i have done you know nothing you know like listen i i have done nothing but give my heart sweat and tears to help this group you know you guys have accepted me as family and i want to do nothing but you know i mean of course i'm just uh, you know briefly exaggerating here but you know just listen you know if the fact that you would think that i would do something in in regards to teaming with kevin owens to plot something against you guys hurts the fact that you even do this yeah. hurts and then he says my defense is that well i i have no defense and he drops the microphone and roman gets pissed mm-hmm. roman gets really really pissed man he grabs the microphone he's like dude you you have no defense bro like nothing you have nothing to say at all like absolutely nothing bro like he and just like after i let you into my family you know, giving you the opportunity, giving you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. You won't even fight for this. Is that what you're telling me, bro? And then he calls for Solo Sokoa. He just yells out Solo's name and Solo is slowly approaching him uh, in the chair. They're sitting like a, it was like a contract table. So Sammy's on one hey. side. Roman, of course, being the head of the table. The is at head, the head of the, of the table. table. And then you have the Usos alongside Heyman. And yes, uh, Solo's a slowly approaching Sami Zayn, and he's about to deliver the Samoan spike, like literally just about to just cut this dude off for good. And guys, Jay Uso, Jay Uso steps in and stops Solo Sokoa for delivering that Samoan spike. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, just like out of all people, man, it's Jay Uso, the guy yeah. that he. At the at the beginning of this storyline, hated more than anybody mm-hmm. is the one stopping Sami Zayn. I freaking love it, dude. I absolutely freaking love it. And he goes on to say, you know, no disrespectful tribal chief, no disrespect, but I have footage of my own. And he shows a bunch of footage why Sami Zayn is truly with the bloodline, that he means what he says. And there was uh, moments where he created a distraction to help Solo uh, helped the Usos defend their titles. I believe it was against RK Bro. You know, creating a distraction from the from the backstage. Um, yep. Or from the teleprompters backstage or whatever. Um, Put him himself stopping, in front of chair shots. Yeah, the yeah him like being a sac being a sacrifice to Roman Reigns in, in a few mm-hmm. segments. Um, the whole the war games where he stops the three count. He literally forces the ref to stop the three count. Um, and of course the end of the war games match where he low blows Kevin Owens and yeah, man. And, and Jey Uso goes on to say like, you know, Hey, you know, you know, you saw, you saw the good in me and, you know, you never gave up on me. He's like, I love you like a brother, you know, and, 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 Jay, and they're getting guys, they're getting emotional. Like this is like feels right now. Sami Zayn is emotional. Jey Uso is emotional. Yeah. 
Roman is just baffled. He doesn't like, he can't believe what's even going on. Um, you know, and Sammy Uso chant, like loud Sammy Uso <laughs> chant. Philly is really into this freaking segment, man. You yeah. Love it. The crowd is, you can, and you can tell even when they were talking, Brian, uh, Brian, they were silent because they were mm. on the edge of every single freaking word. But yep. yeah, man, Sam, yeah, Jay Uso's like, dude, man, it's like, listen, you know, I never liked you since day one. I know that, but guess what? You no, know, but you didn't give up on me. You saw the good in me. And, and I love you for that. I love you like a brother. Um, and they hug it out, man. You know, Sammy Uso chants, like I've mentioned before. And that's when finally Roman gets back on the microphone and he says, as your tribal chief, as your head of the table, I find you, Sami Zayn, not guilty. And yeah, man. So for now, Sami Zayn is still a part of this. He is still a part. Yep. Even though there's still a little bit of trust issues with Roman and Heyman. Heyman's like looking up at the ceiling like, oh, God, no, why? <laughs> But yeah, man, the Usos are, they're fully behind Sammy, man. They, and they yeah. have, you know, you know, Heyman is disgusted. Roman is just like, I don't want to do this, but my hands are tied. Solo is just waiting for the signal to just beat the shit out of this dude. His <laughs> right. blank expression and all. But yeah, man. But yeah, and then uh, Roman continues to say, you know, he says, he's like, you're not guilty for now. He's like, I don't want to see you till Saturday. You know, finish the night off, make the family proud, make the bloodline proud. When this show goes off the air, I don't want to see you till Saturday. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear any rumors or any appearances from you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear nothing about you until the Royal Rumble Saturday, you know, and that's and then he says this, that will be your final test, quote unquote. And yeah, man, that is the segment. I mean, can, can I just. Can, can can you guys hear this applause? Absolutely. Like honestly, I I I I can't I I can't just I'm lost for words. Just how amazing this segment just was. Every single word, Brian. You mm -hmm. were on the edge of your seat, and that's yeah. what I mean, man. We do not need great wrestling matches in the middle of the show. You know when you save those great wrestling matches, Brian, at your pay per views. That's when you have the bangers that's when you have matches like taker and Shawn michaels when you have mm -hmm. you know even hbk and bret hart i believe it was wrestlemania 12 you know kind of just going back even years ago right yeah that's when you have matches like punk and cena from money in the bank 2011 you that's when you have the great matches until then brian until then this is what needs to be delivered i don't give a shit about wrestle wrestler a and wrestler b facing each other in a match for no freaking reason. What I right. want, Brian, is for is this company for me to give a shit about the wrestlers and about a story. And that is exactly what they did. I can't be more proud of everybody in the bloodline. Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Roman, everybody mm -hmm. just putting on a almost like an Oscar winning performance in this freaking <laughs> segment man but yeah man i rambled on enough man brian the floor is yours your thoughts on this entire segment uh, that last almost almost a half hour by the way yeah yeah uh dude i loved it i mean yeah it was it was awesome again like you said uh just hanging on every word seeing you know wanting to know how this is gonna go um and yeah and the shocker was that you know first of all like i didn't expect uh, Roman to call on Solo to do that like so quickly like that was just seemed like holy shit like this is going down now 
and and then Jay Uso, you know, being the one to stop him. Um, so yeah, there's so many again, and it's those stories that leave leave you with questions, right, and leave you wanting more. So now, what is is this going to cause tension between Roman and the Usos? And I, I know I probably got this wrong, but way back when the bloodline started, right, and which was it Jay Uso that wasn't sold on like coming under Roman or was that Jimmy? No, it was, it was Jay. Jay. It was it Jay. was Jay. Okay. So yeah, and this, you know, a bloodline split now or somebody turning, you know, could Jay be a part of that? Jay, you know, it's just so many avenues to take that down now, right? And it just beautiful storytelling. Um, one thing I did catch, and this this might be again just me with the stone cold rumors, but Jay had said uh to Sammy or about Sammy, you know, this guy's bulletproof. Well, if you remember some uh, Stone Cold's uh, old um, vest that he wore, would say like down on the bottom, it would be like 100% bulletproof. Uh, I don't know that. I mean, that's that's a stretch. But I was like, be, huh. yeah. I mean, I could see where you know, you're dropping going. little nuggets. But hopefully, again, that's not true. I'm not. I don't want to see that. But I just, I just caught that. I was like, huh. Wonder, you know, that that was just a particular choice of word that just stuck out to me. But um, yeah, man, great segment. Again, want to see and the and the challenge um, or the test that uh, Roman says, yeah, you know, the final test. Man, what is that going to be, right? I mean, now I want to find out. I want to know what that is, what that test is going to be. So, man, that was awesome. Really was. Absolutely, man. Enough said, man. Enough said. Yep. Absolutely awesome. And by the way, guys, we're not even done yet because now we go into our first match of the night, mm-hmm. which also involved the Usos, Sami Zayn. This was the Raw Tag Team title match against the Judgment Day, man. So so pretty much, yeah, Roman is watching backstage uh, during this match. Um, you know, obviously, and, and, and this was actually a good, this was actually a good match. Listen, yeah, I'm not a fan I, I liked of- it. I'm not a I'm not a fan of 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 title match title matches being thrown in the middle of Monday Night Raw, but the way from the from the tribal court segment into this, it kind of just flowed very nicely. I don't yeah. know if that was if they meant to do that, if that was it just happened naturally, but but yeah, man, it was just the way it kind of flowed mm-hmm. back to the the start of the segment to this was well done. But yeah, man, Finn Balor, of course, the rest of the Judgment Day, Rhea Ripley, the whole gang is ringside. Finn yep. Balor gets ejected uh, at ringside from trying to get involved. Uh, Jimmy Uso delivers, um, or yeah, he delivers a, a a suicide dive over the top rope, and he gets injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets injured in this match, um, like selling the knee. Obviously, it's part of the story. Of course, it's part of the. He's not actually injured, but uh, storyline wise, uh, he injures right. the knee uh, via that suicide dive. And they were Adam Pierce comes out, and they were potentially going to disqualify um the usos as well as their their tag championship take the belts so yeah. steps in he's like listen you know maybe there's a solution you know let me take uh jimmy usos place let me defend the tag championship let let this match continue and adam pierce says a really cool thing and and and, and you'll know what i mean brian in just a second he says you know what i did this for the judgment day i'll do it for the usos this match continues yep Thank you. Like, that's what I mean. Like, we don't forget that you did this for the judgment day 
when who was it? It was uh, Finn Balor. Uh, Finn Balor with an injury. Right. That's Dominic why. Da- that's why Damian or Dominic's in there. And that's how they got the number one contenders for the tag championships. Like you know what? I right. did it for the Judgment Day. I'm gonna do it for y'all. Th- like thank you, thank you WWE for not treating us <laughs> like we're freaking idiots. Like we don't remember what happened a week or two, three weeks ago. I, yeah. To me, that really stood out to me. So yep. yeah, man. Sami Zayn enters this match, gets a huge pop from the crowd. Of course, man, this dude is so freaking over. It's just so awesome to see. Um, but yeah, man, um, Rhea Ripley ends up getting involved into this match. I think she, and she ended up going into the ring face-to-face, I think, with with Jay. Yeah, because uh, you know, yeah, he was about Rhea's to super awesome. kick I like her. when Rhea does this. She's like, come on, hit me. Like, you know you want to hit me. Like, go ahead and do it, you know? Um, and I think Priest delivered a choke slam um, to Zayn, who was the legal uh, the participant at the time. He kicks out at two. Um, you know, Jay Geoso's delivering super kicks to everybody. And then that's of course when Rhea Ripley interfered. Uh Rhea involved early on, of course, onto the mm-hmm. apron. Um, and yeah, man, Sami Zayn and Jay Uso, they win the match via the one D. The one D, the one and done. Sami Zayn gets the pin. He he gets <clears> the win, <throat> pins Dominic for the W as the Usos, Sami Zayn and Jay Uso, they defend the raw tag team championships. Just like, dude, full circle. These guys could not stand one another. Here right. they are. Sami Zayn is filling in for for Jay's brother Jimmy mm-hmm. and defending the tag team. So it's like it's full circle, bro. It's full circle, and I freaking love it. And this and this does no harm to the Judgment Day, by the way. Absolutely freaking no. fun because the storyline with the Usos and how well it was done because of the history with Jay. And Sami Zayn coming full full circle, leading to this defense, and how you know now they're just you know they're 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 on the same page. They 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 like one another, and and it does nothing. It does no harm to the Judgment Day, man. So that's why, even though I've mentioned before in the past, I don't necessarily am a fan of of tag matches being thrown in the middle of Raw because we see them all the time. But mm-hmm. in regards to how this storyline was was flowing from the segment early on to now to me was just really well done again this does no harm to the judgment day the match even itself was good and yeah man and then roman reigns and i'm going to send this off to you brian once i get Mm -hmm. done with this roman reigns and Heyman, they're backstage they do not look happy (laughs) and and roman even says again i do not want to see him till saturday just waiting again just waiting for the waiting for his boss to say like yo I'm, i'm ready just Give me the say and I'll and I'll and I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, man. He says, listen, he's like, you know what? You know, and this is Roman talking backstage. He's like, he made it through the night. And he's like, and then he goes to Paul Heyman. I don't want to see him till Saturday. He's like, you understand? He's and <laughs> Heyman's like, yes, my tribal chief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. The first 50 minutes of the show. Really, really, really good. Really Absolutely. So well done. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, though, bro. Actually, you know what? I, I'm gonna mention this at the end of the show. Brian. Your thoughts, man. This first fifty minutes, man. Your thoughts of how this all went down, the match, yeah, so, and everything else. So let me go back. I, I just I'm going to take a just a brief second here. So that uh, video intro segment you mentioned, like the you know the history of Raw. Just a couple quick things here that I, that just stood out to me. Being so thirty years, I've literally seen the first Raw until now. I've been I've been there for it all. Um, 
So, uh, and people might have caught it, might not, but one, two, three kid beating Razor Ramon. I, I mean, I remember watching that. Uh, Foley winning the title. Uh, I can remember the night watching that where Tony Schiavone, now it's kind of infamous story, where he, uh, you know, it, it tells the WCW crowd, you know, over the, the airwaves, like, oh, don't turn into WWE. McFoley's winning the title, you know, kind of giving it away. And they lose like, three million or whatever viewers to go watch McFoley win the title, right? So that was another one real quick. And uh just like Austin on the beer truck, a, a lot of stuff from the Attitude Era, man. It was just, dude, it brought back so many memories. Like, yeah, it really, I was marking out for that little, <laughs> the video packages, man, totally was. But anyway, back to the matches. Um, So yeah, the Judgment Day and the Usos, again, yeah, I, I thought it was a fantastic match. Um, I like going right into that after after the uh, the bloodline was out there. I will say, like it looked like like halfway or three quarters through the match, and I think it might have been Dominic. Like there was some sort of miscue where it just kind of the match got off the rails for a second there. But then once once uh, Jimmy went out with the injury and Sammy came in, I mean there was a few false finishes. It dude, it was really really excellent. Yeah, I I did I did see that as soon as like it's like when when the Jimmy Uso injury was occurring, it's kind of like it's kind of mm. like they knew that spot was gonna happen and they immediately kind of just backed off. It it was weird. It's like I don't know. It just didn't feel like that was the only flaw in this match. Oh yeah, yeah, else yeah. Was so well done. No, yeah. But the totally way the well injury, done. it's like as soon as Jay Uso just went down, it's like it's like the Judgment Day knew where they had to be in that spot and they kind of just instead of like. Well, see, I don't think Dominic did because they had to making it like more believable in the moment. They just yeah. just went to their spot and it's just like, OK, yeah, that was that was really weird. It, yeah, the, the whole the way the injury was was definitely a little bit botched, I want to say. But yeah, yeah. I, I did see that, Brian. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, other than that, man, really great match. Damian Priest, I think, looks he looks really good in the ring to me, man. I, I like watching him wrestle. Um so yeah, you know, like I said, a few false finishes. Like there was a couple times where I thought, like, holy shit, Dominic's really going to pin <laughs> like Zane here, hmm. and then it, it would have fit perfectly into the bloodlines. So like, holy shit, now you really, you really effed up and let everybody down. So I mean, there's so many ways that could have played out that it was just, it was great, man. It really, really was. The, the first, like you said, 50 minutes to an hour. Wow, oh man, it was great. Love it, man. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the best way to put it, man. Just yeah. Absolutely, man. Again, it's just, you know, there's so many things else I want to say about this first hour, but again, yeah, I'm not gonna waste could, I'm not gonna waste my on. Yeah. It was we good. Move on, man. We we move on. So all right, man. Next segment, uh, we go backstage with the Godfather. The Godfather <laughs> with JBL and Corbin. Um <laughs> Uh, we have boring. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, guys. Baron Corbin. I, I'll, even I don't know. A lot of people might agree with that that he's boring. So people are like, no, James, he is. He's boring. Call him out, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he calls. <laughs> he goes up. They go up to him. Uh, I think they're having like a poker game. Like there's a poker, um, like a poker little game celebration, like party or whatever. Um, and the, they walk up. It's like you know, they're shaking hands. The Godfather and, and JBL, and he's like, "Who the heck is this stooge?" Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love how they kind of like they make fun of Corbin. I think like, I think that's kind of it's done purposely because oh yeah, I think oh, fans. Sure. I think they connect with the fans. They know that Corbin is just not liked, so let's call him a stooge. Let's call him these funny names. So I think yeah, I think that's funny, man. 
but yeah, they try to get into this, into this poker, this poker chip party or whatever it was. Uh, and then, yeah, he's like, Oh no, Corbin's down the list. And they actually, and then, uh, Ron Simmons enters the scene. I remember like the old school, uh, a, the APA, APA door. door where it's just an open door there's no window it's just it's just it's out in the middle the, yeah middle of the it's thing it's just there's... a moving door i freaking love it it's funny it's, i do too yeah. it really is funny man again i wish i was alive during this stuff man i really <laughs> did i was i was a baby when that when during that time man. right yeah. right but anyway but i do remember it i do my research guys i'm not even though i'm a youngin i i, I know this <laughs> stuff bro but yeah man um but yeah they uh ron simmons enters the scene man and Corbin, you know, obviously because he's rich, you know, with JBL, he ends up paying right. off. And he's like, "Oh, and look at the list. There you are. There you are. Hey, let's come on in." They go through the, <laughs> they go through the moving door, and then yeah, like they get into like the little poker game scene. Everybody's playing poker, and uh, then all that good stuff. You saw a lot of other legends, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, we go back into this poker game party, whatever this was, uh, with a bunch of other legends. But we'll get into that, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, uh, let's move on into the show as we're now slowly going into the second hour or this segment led us into the second hour. Mm -hmm. And that was L a night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Let me man. talk to you. He's money, I dude. Freaking love L a night, man. That yeah. is growing on me by the day. Yep. Yeah, man. He's in the ring, man. He talks about Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse from SmackDown, man. And he's like, listen, man, he's like a grown man playing with puppets and some spooky music. And I'm supposed to be scared, bro. Come on. Like, what what, what are we doing, man? Yeah. Um, and he says Bray Wyatt is living on past glory. He says he's living on past glory, man. He's, and he ends up calling out any legend from the back to give a little preview of what's to come in the pitch black match. And then, uh, so, you know, L.A. Knight continues to do his shtick. And then the gong hits, guys. When that gong goes off. You know who it is, man. You know who is it is. Undertaker. The Undertaker, man. His gong hits, but it's not his, but it's not his original Undertaker gimmick. It was the American badass. The American badass hits the ring. Motorcycle and all. If you guys don't know his American badass character, I highly recommend looking it up on YouTube, his entrance and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend such a really cool, cool character, man. Definitely was something different. And something original outside of his original dead man character. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, motorcycle and all he's riding out to the or riding his motorcycle into the ring. And LA Knight's like, he's on the outside of the ring now. And Undertaker's in the ring. He's like, nah, cut that music. Cut it, cut it, cut it. You know, the way he says it was awesome. And then he <laughs> mentions, uh, he calls out the taker about his comments he made about the locker room being soft. He's like, I heard what you said on Joe Rogan's podcast about the the locker room being soft. And, and, and by the way, I agree with you. You know, I agree with you. The biggest one is Bray Wyatt. He's at the top of the list. And he's like, but he's like, but if you think he's like, if you think that I'm on this, on that list as well, he's like, you, he's like, you got the wrong story. And he's like, and he, and he enters the, uh, the ring apron. He's like, imagine the headline, the iron, the ironic headline we create LA night sends the undertaker to the undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love it. I yeah. Love it was it. good. Again, Undertaker's not saying a word. He doesn't even mm -hmm. need to. Um, L.A. Knight's just doing his thing, man. Um, he's like, but I'm going to give you a pass. And he jumps off the rig apron. He's he's leaving. He's leaving up the rampway. Um, you know, his continue to do his, his shtick, keeps talking that shit. And then the lights go out, man, and Bray Wyatt's music hits. Uh, lights are out, man, but his music's playing. Uh, LA Knight continues to turn. He fully now turns around and all of a sudden Bray Wyatt's right behind him with the lantern and all. 
And now LA Knight's starting to back away from Bray going down the ramp. So now he's in a pickle. He's, he's between a rock and a hard place. You got Bray mm-hmm. Wyatt coming down the ring at you. And then you got the, the American badass, the undertaker who's center of the ring. So LA Knight's put himself into a pickle here, uh, which is, yeah. And, and he chooses to get into the ring, which is interesting because clearly he's more afraid of Bray mm-hmm. than he is with the undertaker. So you know what? I'm just going to just jump back in the ring. But as soon as he gets back into the ring, man, uh, Undertaker grabs him by the throat and he's about to deliver that choke slam. Bray Wyatt now is entering the ring. The lights are back on and they kind of look at each other while uh, Taker still holding LA Knight in, in, the, in that choke slam position. He tosses LA Knight to Bray. Bray immediately, it was actually a really cool transition. He gets him immediately mm-hmm. into the sister Abigail. Boom, hits him in the sister Abigail. Uh, LA Knight, his lights are out. No pun intended. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, man. And then we get a just an epic face to face with Bray and The Undertaker. Brian, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but the first wrestler that I ever encountered in the early 2000s, I want to say 2004 to around 2005, I should say, uh-huh. was The Undertaker. And now what it's funny. Now, my current favorite, at least personally for me, guys, my favorite wrestler is Bray Wyatt. So to me personally, as a fan, man, this just gave me so much goosebumps, bro. That's, that'll be, that's moment. an iconic moment. Just an iconic moment, man. They're yeah. having this epic face-to-face stare down. Undertaker whispers something into Bray Wyatt's ear. Man, I um, wish I knew about, what that it was. About a few short seconds, man, and then Undertaker goes off. You could see, like, Bray's, like, nodding his head, like, you know, like, in agreements or something. And, yeah, man, Taker, he, he gets back on his motorcycle. He rides up the ramp throws up the right fist at the top <laughs> of the stage and that's it man uh yeah. and by the, oh and holy shit chants are chanted throughout philly though so again oh man, yeah philly is was in to this segment as well mm-hmm. man holy shit champs echo in philly but bray wyatt sucks bray <laughs> wyatt's not a draw he doesn't wrestle he's this he's that shut up I've heard enough about Bray Wyatt being just all, all of the all of this shit, Brian. That again, I hear about Bray. I have to bring it up because this is what people say that Bray Wyatt is not a draw. He doesn't bring, you know, he he doesn't wrestle enough. He's not that good. Like guys, like just if you again, what did what did he have? Two sure. two three minutes on the show, and it was one of the best parts. Exactly, man. Listen. I understand if you're not a fan of Bray, you don't have to be a fan of Bray Wyatt, but the fact that you want to sell to me that this guy just doesn't, that this guy just doesn't bring in fans. This guy doesn't make the company better. You're bullshitting me and you're bullshitting yourself. You know what I mean? It's just enough, man. I'm sick and tired of hearing <laughs> it. There's still a bunch of schmucks that keep, that always wants to say it. Um, but yeah, man. And when I go over these freaking ratings, by the way, that'll, that that's going to also shut a lot of people up from the first hour into the second, but we're, yeah. we'll, we'll get there when we get to the end of the show. Uh, but yeah, man, again, just, just another awesome moment again, Brian, like I mentioned at the top of this, of this episode, the first hour, bro, just. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fantastic. 100%. I mean, just unbelievable, man. Um, again, just, and this also kind of leads to questions as well about the, about the undertaker, you know, what, what did he whisper to Bray? You know, what's Bray have up his sleeve now that he's, he's got a little word of uh, encouragement. I also can't happen to, and I'm going to send this off to you, Brian, 
before, uh-huh. after I make this last statement. To me, the way that L.A. Knight kind of just tossed – or I'm sorry, Undertaker tossed L.A. Knight to Bray, I can't help a feeling that was like a passing of the torch in a way. You know what I mean? Like kind yeah. of what I'm saying, like the way he whispers in his ear. Sure. Definitely some sort of passing of the torch because if you guys don't know, man, the Undertaker – he speaks highly about Bray Wyatt more than anybody else. If you go like, look it up, man, like look it up, like take her, his, his thoughts about Bray Wyatt. He's, he always talks about Bray and how, how good he is for the business, how tremendous mm-hmm. his character is. So there's nobody more high about Bray Wyatt than the undertaker. And I just can't help but feeling this was just a, a really cool passing of the torch, man. Uh, at least that's the feeling that I got in, in, from this segment, but yeah, man, Brian, your thoughts about this segment, man, floor is yours. Right on. So, yeah, I thought, again, excellent segment. Uh, L.A. Knight starts it off. You know, he, I didn't write anything down, but I knew he had a few few good, funny lines in there. Um, totally shocked when The Undertaker's music hit, man. I was not expecting that at all. So, yeah, I mean, again, I've been an Undertaker fan since he debuted in 1990. Awesome to see him. I will say, you know, his American badass character. So here's what I'll say. At first, I was like, ah, man, the American badass, really. But by the end, I started thinking about it in a different way. You know, that, so if this is kind of, and it kind of was like a maybe passing of the torch, you know, yeah, maybe not come out there in your Undertaker gimmick and completely overshadow Bray Wyatt. And then also just to make, you know, now he's, you know, he was famous for always being in character or never gave interviews until retired. Well, now he's retired and, you know, the gimmick, we, we you know, he's not, he's not protecting the character as much anymore because he doesn't need to. So I see, you know, just being a, a guy at home that comes in, you know, riding his Harley, that's, that's who he is now. So that's who he's coming out as. So, you know, by the end, I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I like that. And instead of him coming out as the, as the undertaker, um, but yeah, man, and I, I even thought, and I still have this thought in the back of my mind, while I do think it was like a passing of the torch situation, like I've also heard a little bit about a lot of top wrestlers don't necessarily want to fight Bray Wyatt because they feel like they're going to come out worse off than, and not just in storyline wise, because you want to put Bray over or, you know, whatever that just that they come up on the, the story, the short end of the stick, I guess. Where, what if there was a Taker and Wyatt match at Mania? And even they could do, if a cinematic match, them two in a cinematic match, I'd I'd be down for that. I I like the idea for that. They have the character for it too. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't, that's just, again, me. Yeah, I don't, what I would like to see. I don't know if that's going to happen or what happened, but it was a really cool moment. It's good. That's an iconic moment. That's going to be... 30 years from now, like that's going to be in the video package, you know, I mean, for it feels like the Undertaker's already been retired like 30,000 times anyway. So you might, <laughs> right. you might as well kind of look into it, honestly. But yeah. yeah, man, again, just from from the first this first hour, man, we can't say enough how just amazing this first hour was, man. Just tremendously well done. Like yeah, said, really good. Get into these ratings once we get to the end of this show. But yeah, man, let's move on into this uh, this whole poker, this whole poker game. uh segments here where i'm going to get into two of these uh so that way we kind of flow mm-hmm. along here yeah um there was one uh segment uh it was a the backstage poker game slash party uh you know the alpha academy uh baron corbin 
uh, Diamond Dallas Page and a Blaze. They're just it was like a very short, uh, like little segment, like thirty seconds. Just to show some old old timers. Yeah. yeah, you have like some background people, like uh, Johnny Gargano's back there, and Candice mm-hmm. LeRae because you know we have nothing for these people, so you guys can just be background, like back background dancers to like a music video. You know, you always see yeah. background. You know, what I mean, that's what Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, and even Dexter Loomis as well. Those that's yep, that's I, I remember seeing him. Yeah, yeah, man. The next, and then yeah, man. The next poker game uh, segment was. Uh, I think Corbin ended up winning. Um, um, I don't know if they were doing like a tournament because they've done this before. I don't know if it was a yeah. tournament or something like that, but he ends up winning all this cash. Um, the million dollar man was in this segment, you know, and uh, somebody, you know, somebody was with him too. Million dollar man. Like I said, guys, I'm a youngin, but I know these people. I know these legends. I know them very, very well. So, Do you know who was beside him? The million dollar man. Yes, I'm about to get into that. Okay. Where he or he, he gets into the segment, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yes, yeah. IRS. Yeah. <laughs> IRS gets in the segment, reminds him to do your taxes, and he pretty much <laughs> takes all of the money minus a hundred dollar bill. I actually thought this was funny. And yeah, like yeah. Corbin's, and Corbin and, and, and uh JBL are just like baffled. Like, are you serious? You're just gonna take all this money that we freaking won. Again, this was no harm, no foul. And then Ron Simmons does his stick. Damn, you know. I mean, <laughs> Everybody's waiting much, for and that. That's the last time we ever saw the this poker game. So no harm, no foul, man. I actually thought this was actually funny. Listen, if you're gonna do little shticks like this, you know, yeah. a lot of times we see like you know, like like uh like holiday theme parties where everybody's just partying backstage just leads mm-hmm. to matches and later the night just kind of redundant bs but this was no harm no foul man i mean i really thought this was funny listen if you're gonna put baron corbin in your show you know we all know how we feel about baron corbin i completely understand but if you put him in segments like this man i don't i don't mind it man you know you make it realistic the fact that you know the godfather's calling him out like who the hell is this stooge jbl like who the hell is this dude you know right. like things like that it's no harm, no foul, man. So I enjoyed it for what it was, man. Uh, Brian, before we get into uh, before we get into the the second match, man, your thoughts about just if you have any thoughts about this? Topic. Yeah, just you know, obviously, it's obviously just filler comedy to get you know it's the thirtieth yeah. anniversary. Obviously, you only got a, a limited amount of time, so how can we get these you know show DDP and the Million Dollar Man and IRS and Ron Simmons and the Godfather? So yeah, yeah it's just a way to to get you know a group of stars together and uh yeah entertaining funny um and for for people that don't know uh irs uh mike rotunda uh is also that's the father of bray wyatt and yes. bo dallas that's good yeah that's good um, thing you mentioned that yes yeah so uh, it runs in the family and and you know i've been going back uh literally the past like month or so going back and watching like stuff from like 85 86 87 88 wrestling was different back then right and it's something that i'm not even going to try to explain in this show but but uh mike rotunda was he was he was good man like he you know back then you had like people who who they would say it just i don't know who would be having bangers of matches you know just a great technical wrestler right but he, I mean, he won championships. He was he was always around, you know, affiliated and good storylines. Um, so yeah, man, he's he could go back in the day. He was pretty good. Absolutely, man. Like you said, it runs in the family, man. Yeah, it runs in the family. All right, man. We go into the second match. Second match of the night. Well, what we thought was a match, and that was this Becky is where Lynch. it goes off the rails for me. 
<laughs> right here. Well, we're going to get to you, Brian. And we're <laughs> we're going to get to your takes because I know you got a lot to say, man. I know you got a lot to say as the show moves on here. Uh, yeah, this was Becky Lynch versus Bailey steel cage match. Um, Dakota and EO damage control. They attack Lynch before this match even started. You know, Becky Lynch, she's making way towards the ring. They attack her from behind. They bring her to the ring. Damage control locks, um, locks the cage door. The cage has already been lowered down. Um, and they pretty much just beat the living shit out of Becky Lynch, man. Uh, Adam Pierce tries to come out. They try to open the cage. Uh, they do open the cage, but the damage has already been done. No, no pun intended. <laughs> but uh, damage control, they escape. They they jump through the top of the cage, and yeah, man, they're standing tall while Becky Lynch is being assisted. You know, you know, belling her scars and all that stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. man, uh, yeah, this. You know what? Honestly, to me, Brian, I, I there's a lot I want to say about this, but I'm I'm gonna keep it short. You know, first off is that I didn't think this match was really needed anyway because. I don't think they should waste Becky Lynch versus Bailey in the middle of a Monday night raw. And I think that that's what the, I believe that the, the, the plan was or plan B was is like, you know what, let's try to see if we can push this to maybe WrestleMania, you know, maybe we'll put them both in the rumble. We'll have them both have a cool moment in the rumble, mm-hmm. we'll want, you know, have some type of cool moment that leads into a mania match maybe because let's, like, what are the plans for Becky Lynch and Bailey at Mania? Like, do we even, do we even know? Like, I because I, I, no. because that's the thing. Like, right. you know, if, if you would have had this match with Bailey, it's just like, okay, well, well, where do we go? I know there's rumblings about Rhea Ripley facing Becky. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't know, man. I would have thought, you know, to me, Rhea Ripley and Bianca for the Raw Women's Championship to yeah. me was the better option because Rhea Ripley, man, has been doing work <laughs> yeah she is you know what i'm saying so i think you know lead you know building her up to mania against bianca when to me bianca losing that title is the right uh the right moment for her you know the right moment to lose that title so becky and R- Rhea, even though i would love to see it brian uh i, I don't know man just wrong the wrong timing you know wrong timing. Yeah, just, but outside you. of that what are the plans even for bailey and and damage control, you know, once this feud is done, because that's why I think they're going to try to do the best, the best thing they can to push this to mania. Do they push this to chamber or they could just do a traditional WWE type of booking and they just book this for <laughs> next week because we could also see that happening next week as well. Yeah. But yeah, man, just, I have, listen, I didn't mind the seg. I didn't mind the attack and not having the match because I didn't like having this match in the middle of SmackDown or at middle of raw anyway, because first of all, we see so many freaking cage matches in the middle of these shows now. And it's starting like the, the prestige of cage matches just, just, it's just slowly just going downhill. You know what I mean? Like how many times we see like a cage match, like we saw it with like Lashley, Lashley was in one, I think with like Omos a few months ago. You know, we see like all of these freaking cage matches on Monday Night Raw, and it just loses that loses that prestige. Like, have this match at a pay per view. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's so. I didn't mind the the move to not have this match. The, you know, it, the fact that it could slowly build to WrestleMania is just. I like it, but I don't like it because of just the way it's going about things. But Brian, your thoughts before we move on to the next segment? I just got so. And again, I agree. This is a, a pay-per-view worthy match, and maybe it was it was you know 
a bad idea to just have it on a raw even though it was the 30th anniversary but for me i because they had been promoting it and i really had been looking forward to this match and i'll i love cage matches i think yeah they kind of are getting overused but i'll watch a cage match all day long um so i was like really looking forward to this match and i i figured just like looking at the card i was like guys this might be the best match of the night um so yeah, I I hated it, man. I, I just like so you just you lower the cage, you get ready to come out there and have the match, and then it's just a beat down for three minutes. Uh I mean that's all I got to say. I just yeah, I was looking forward to it, and yeah, that I just thought that was shit. But you know, I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate with you, Brian. I I understand you not liking because trust me, they did like advertise this match, and I can mm. understand Philadelphia not being happy with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. See a cage match, right? So so yeah. trust me, I completely get it. But to me, man, you know, damage control still to me needs to be booked properly. And to me, like yeah, for sure, having this beat down type of a segment, I mean, how it went down is a different story. But like the the way that you're making them dominant, taking out Becky Lynch, giving them the upper hand, true, to me is the right way to go about things, right? To me, like having a cage match is just a great cage match in the middle of your show. It's just like having another great normal singles match on a Raw. To mm. me, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? So that's why I don't necessarily mind it. Where they go from here, of course, is a different story. You know, they and I guess that and it's going to depend on that. You you know, I mean, if they come out of this and, you know, next week have, you know, something built or something, you know, even better than cool. Yeah. But and now yeah, this is it... now if they just have the match next week, then I'm just going to be completely pissed off. <laughs> yeah, like that's, right. that's really going to push me over the edge and you will hear from me <laughs> if that freaking happens. Yeah. But anyway, man, uh, let's move on, man. We move, we move on, man. So, uh, you know, to, you know, we'll see how, how that whole situation between Becky and Bailey goes. So again, I love Becky. I love Bailey. Yeah. Those remains to be seen. So, yeah, man. Then we go into this next segment. DX, D-Generation X music hits. You got Triple H, HBK, X-Pac, and Road Dog. And you also had Kurt Angle out there as well. Kurt Angle. Who was wasn't even announced. Wasn't wasn't even announced, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, DX is out there. They're doing their shtick. Uh, there was a funny moment. Like Kurt Angle, they realized Kurt Angle's out there, and they're like, <laughs> right. "What the hell are you doing out here?" He's like, "I always <laughs> want to be a part of D Generation X," and he takes off his shirt and he re reveals a DX shirt. And <coughs> so they continue to do their shtick, the DX shtick. If you guys know D Generation X, if you guys are those types of fans, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, they do their shtick, and then Imperium's music hits, and they enter the ring. Um, yeah, man, they say some words about like, "How dare you!" make a mockery of this great sport and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You guys know how Imperium is. I do like Imperium. And, and, me too. And me too. I, I like so them more if, if every time I see them. If they're the right segments, if they're built properly, then I can, I can dig them for sure. Gunther then threatens uh, DX and Kurt to leave the ring unless they, unless they want to do something about it. Pretty much a threat to be like, Hey, like you guys want to step up to me? You want me to leave this ring? Will someone, someone do something. Let's go. And this is where it gets really funny. Triple H comes up face to face when he turns back to the rest of the DX. He's like, I'm retired. I'm old, man. I'm, I'm not fighting him. No. <laughs> and then HBK does the same thing. He's he pauses. He's like, Nope, I'm, I'm too old. I, no, I, I'm not fighting him. You think I'm fighting him? No. Uh, X Pac mentions like shin splints and then Road Dog. He doesn't even have an excuse. He's just like, I'm just not fighting this dude. <laughs> I just thought it was funny, bro. Like, listen, it's DX, man. Like, that's they're you expect them to bring that type of comedy, whether you like it or not. We think it's cheesy. 
listen, I, I thought it was the way it was well done. Like, Hey, like, listen, man, they are old and retired. Like they're making it realistic. Like you think I'm going to mm-hmm. mess with this dude. Who's going to snap my freaking arm in half. Like, no, absolutely not. Like, Right. <laughs> yeah, Triple H was the best. Like, I'm retired. No, I'm not doing it. But yeah, man. Uh, he's like, and then there's like, it was the only way we had someone that, uh, or it had some people that could step up to them or along those lines. Obviously, I'm, you know, not, you know, no quote unquote here. But um, yeah, Seth Rollins' music hits. He enters the ring. I, I listen. I, I've expressed my opinions about Seth and his and his song and all this stuff. But I love the way that triple h and the rest of dx are singing their song they're like so off tune they're still singing the song when the song is cut off i thought it was just funny honestly um again like i said i have my outside of what i feel about the character in the moment i thought it was i thought it was funny yeah yeah for sure Um, and yeah and then of course like but wait a minute there's one of him and then there's three of them and then the street profits obviously they come out um, you know, because we have no other tag teams, let's call out the Street Profits. Um, <laughs> and you kind of knew where this was kind of heading to, pretty much. Even though, you know, I mentioned Brian on the Facebook group before, like, you know, even though it was fun, it had its moments. We knew what this was kind of like leading to. This was kind of more sure. of a fun type of way, um, you know, which deserves its praise. And I'll and I'm going to continue to get to it. Um, but yeah, man, they even the score and then like, hey, like, you know, you know, uh, we need someone to make this official. You know, everyone's in the ring and they turn to Triple H. And this was actually really funny. He's like, why is everyone looking at me? He's like, no, this booking stuff is not as easy as people think, you know, <laughs> and this was funny, man. And then like, it's only someone we could who could come out can make sense of all this. And then holla, 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 playa. Teddy Long comes out. His music. I hits. totally forgot about love, him. Every time Teddy Long comes out, I do the freaking like. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> every man. time I have to do it. It's so <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah, man. Of course, you know he does his shtick, man. You know he mm-hmm. he announces that six man tag, that six man schmoz match, uh, and then Kurt, and then uh, you know, and it's like you know, and I think they mentioned something else about you know we need someone to gain control of all this as well. And then Kurt's yeah. like, guys, I have an idea, guys, guys, like, and then DX is like, shut up, like this is this is our meeting, like they're in a huddle, they're like in a DX huddle. It's like, guys, I'm trying to tell you something. Hello, like, this is why I love Kurt Angle, by the way. And this is Kurt Angle plays. He's like a younger. He plays like that younger little brother talking to like mm-hmm. a bunch like he he's done this type of shtick with people like brock and people like stone cold uh, stone cold right he just plays yeah. that character so beautifully we talk about his wrestling and all that stuff but what makes kurt angle kurt angle is just how well he plays his character and the way yeah. he plays this type of like that annoying little brother like guys guys i'm trying to t- <laughs> i love i guys i freaking loved it i thought it was so funny and he's like i'm trying to t- i have a solution and triple h is like what dude like what and he takes off his shirt and he reveals like a referee shirt. Like, oh, snap. Like, he, you know, he's the special guest referee. Let's do this. Let's make it official. <laughs> right. And he's like, hey, he's like, we got a six-man tag. And if you're not down with that, well, we got two words for you. The whole suck it thing, you know. And, yeah. And, and, yeah, we go into we go into this match. So this match was Imperium versus, Imperium versus Seth Rollins and the Street Profits. Uh, I believe this match was under about 15 minutes. Jerry Lawler is on commentary. Um, and then Jerry Lawler is ripping oh. apart Kevin Patrick. <laughs> I, I didn't write it down, but or did I? 
I don't know. I'll, I'll look for it. But he dude, said he's something. Like, he's, uh, like, first of all, he's like, girl, it's good to see you. And like, who the hell is this dude? <laughs> and yeah. like, dude, they're pretty much like, I, I, I forgot. I forget uh, what Jerry Lawler said along the lines. He's like, I don't know. He's like, is this dude going to make it to the 31st anniversary or whatever? Like they just, again, it's the realistic type <sighs> of storytelling where they know Kevin Patrick guys. And listen, I like Kevin Patrick. I think he's a decent backstage interviewer. The guy's a horrible commentator. And the fact that, you know, Jerry Lawler kind of brought some realism into that is just so freaking funny. Uh, Again, that was the only thing that kept me entertained in this match. Honestly, the six man tag was the six man tag, Um, you know, definitely had its moments with, with Gunther um, and Seth, of course, Uh, Mm -hmm. the street profits. We all know how good Montez is again. Everybody's doing their thing. Everybody deserves praise. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, this match ends with a, Splash from the top rope from Montez Ford, followed by a stomp from Rollins, and they get the W, man. Uh, before I go any further, man, Brian, your thoughts in, in this whole segment with DX and this six-man tag? Uh, this this pains me to say because... That sigh, I, I can already, I can already yeah, tell. The DX, they, listen, as you know, th- this they were my era, right? That that was they were my guys. Them, Stone Cold. I mean, so many wrestlers. But at this point, like, if I if I never see DX again, together as as a unit, I'd be okay with that. Because man, I just didn't didn't like it. Like you mentioned, so it started off like okay, they were gonna. Well, first of all, coming out like. Listen, Kurt Angle is a legend, man. Like, the fact that he came out and for, like, the first five minutes, like, they, you know, it was like, the announcers were like, eh, you know, Triple H, X-Pac, nothing about Kurt Angle. I mean, he just kind of, like, following behind. And then the first few minutes, he's, like, just kind of standing off to the side. And it's just like, what the hell? I just, I just thought, I just didn't like it, man. I thought it was kind of crappy. And maybe they were trying to if they were going for the joke there to me, it fell flat. I mean, I, I can see the attempt there, I guess, but I just like, yeah, no. And then, you know, once uh Gunter, you know, challenged him. Yeah. Like you said, triple H had that, you know, he steps up to him and he's like, yeah, I'm retired. And that was, that was funny. That was good. But then go on the, the rest of them. I was just like, shut up already. You know, by the time it got to road dog, uh, I just, I don't know what, maybe I'm just an old man now. And <laughs> I don't know, but I just didn't like it. You I can know, hear I, all the people just screaming at you, Brian. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> but and these are my guys. I still love them, you know, but I just, I don't need to see them out there at 60 years old trying to do the same DX stick, you know, like I, I and as much as I, I love to, to reminisce and see the old guys, like, give that that valuable to like how how long was that segment with dx i mean before the match actually got started probably about 10 8 to 10 minutes probably i want to say about eight minutes yeah so you right couldn't have had that that belly match you know because you had to have this one there like no just like let the let the people who are wrestling wrestle now give them a little bit more shine like i i just didn't think they needed to be out there that long and doing that but whatever, maybe I'm just being a grumpy old man. <laughs> but then, like, going into Kurt Angle, and so there was a line Lawler said, and he was talking about Kurt Angle, and he's like, he looks like he's just held up by varicose veins. Because the way he's standing, like, 
man, like I seriously legitimately hope he's okay health-wise. Um, and look, this guy was a legit Olympic gold medalist who's trained his ass off his entire life. So, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with him, but to me, it, he just doesn't look right. Like the way he stands, and I'm sure he has all types of injuries and surgeries to where he can't anymore, you know, stand up straight. And it's it's just, it's kind of hard to look at sometimes, like knowing like who he was and what he was. And, you know, not to say that he's like just some washed up loser geezer, but you can see the physical toll that it's taken on his body, you know? Um, so yeah, I just, uh, I think actually for that whole segment, what really saved it was the match for me. I did enjoy the match. Um, all six competitors. Yeah. It's a six man tag, but I think all six competitors did great. And, you know, I'd be down if, if, if this turns into like a Rollins Gunter feud, I want to see that. And, and maybe, maybe a little bit of a, of a character, tweak with Rollins going into that to be to be more of like the true baby face um so yeah maybe this leads into something like that I don't know but if it doesn't then yeah it was just another six-man tag that you know whatever so I just I just was I wanted to be a fan and I love DX I'll always love DX and Kurt Angle and even with Stone Cold and the rumors of wrestlemania i just don't think there's there's too many people right now talented people that should be given those opportunities and given those spots that i i just don't think you need people like triple h and Shawn michaels and stone cold and even the rock you know if i'm being honest but so that's that's i just like i said it started going off the rails with the the whole becky Lynn, becky and bailey thing and then this happening immediately afterwards like I just didn't like it, man. Just, just didn't didn't click for me. I don't know. Yeah, and listen, you know, obviously, I, I I've mentioned this before. Like, you know, I, I mentioned this prior. Uh, what was the the last previous um the last previous segment we went over? You know, listen, I I can understand. Or yeah, the the Becky Lynch Bailey uh steel cage. Trust me, I I I completely I, I understand where you're coming for, Brian. Trust me, there's it definitely. I it was probably unnecessary to go almost 10 minutes. I definitely hear you there. In regards to Kurt, I don't mind the position they put Kurt in because I like I talked about mm -hmm. him playing that younger brother type character. That's pretty much where they were going. So that's why I didn't mind it and he plays it yeah, off beautifully. He does. Um you know, should have this been 10 minutes? Probably not and I hear you. Trust me. I definitely definitely hear you. Um and, you know, the match, like I said, the match was good. But again, you know, the fact that it just led the, the one thing I the one negative grief I do have on this, the fact that it just led to a six man tag match, which was decent, mm. which was good. I will give you I will give people that Yeah, everybody did what they needed to do. But I don't know, man, it was just. Yeah, like, I mean, I mentioned the break like Bray and the Undertaker and like how that like how that played off and like how mm -hmm. people got into question, like, Ooh, what did he whisper into his ear? Like is undertaker a part of this storyline now? And it's just like, right, right. Okay. You put in DX, we have a good few laughs and trust me, I love DX. Anytime DX comes in to do a type of segment, I am all for it, man. So, um, but yeah, but the fact that it just led to a six man tag is just, 
eh, you know, listen, I love the funny moments. I did like Kurt um, in his shtick because it just fits so well because he's done it so many times in the past. Um, and yeah, Seth Rollins and, and Gunther can be can be good. Um, yeah. With this character right now. That's debatable. what I'm saying. Like, I think debatable. Rollins would have to tweak it a little he bit. Or, to, or... He would. I would want to see him go back to the the I don't know if you remember his baby face character when he was the Intercontinental Champion. Years yeah. Ago. Mm-hmm. That's the Seth Rollins I would want to see face Gunther. You get yeah. that Seth Rollins, like an actual true baby face that people got behind right, at right. the time. Give me that Seth Rollins with Gunther, and then we'll and then we can talk about that type. Yeah, of yeah. For but sure. yeah, man. Um, definitely, I can definitely hear what people are coming from, especially you, Brian, about how this did kind of drag on a bit to get to a six man tag. Um, yeah, and that is definitely the negative that I will put into this is the fact that it definitely kind of just dragged into a six man tag. Uh, but I do praise the 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 funny moments because everybody just it played off tr- just so well done. Um, but yeah, man, I guess it, it, I guess it's, it's for me. So and maybe you know what? Maybe this is where I come from with the with the whole DX thing. I, I wouldn't say maybe I, I stepped <laughs> made a comment too too far and saying I never want to see them together again. But so back when DX was DX, right in in ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. WWE wasn't PG back then, so you could do a lot more, right? So now you've had DX being, you know, I guess rated R DX, and now you've had you have to have them be PG DX. It just doesn't hit the same for me. It, it can still be funny and amusing. Maybe maybe that's my uh, maybe that's my issue with it. I guess is is that I knew them and loved them as one thing, and it's kind of that thing, but not really. Yeah. Now, and to end this, as we go into hour number three, I remember a segment uh, when I think it was like, it was like a summer, I think it was like, I, it was like an anniversary year of like Degeneration X or something, or something along those lines. And like Triple H uh-huh. is backstage, like at the start of the show, like Triple H is back there with his booking glasses and stuff. And he's like, listen, you know, listen, there's no cursing and stuff. And you know, <laughs> don't do any of this stuff. it's like the realism of it. Like, I like that, even though it's like, you know, Hey, it's PG, it's DX, it doesn't fit, but like, at least bring some realism to it. Like, Hey, yeah, it's PG, but DX is still being DX, you know? So I'm going to close it out with that. Um, you know, did it have its moments? Yes. Did it drag on? Yes. Um, so yeah, definitely very hit or miss. So I can see where people are, are going yeah, for sure. in different directions. I'm sure many people loved it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. We go into the third hour. Uh, third hour starts off with Rick Flair, the nature boy, Rick Flair, introducing his daughter, Charlie Flair, a.k.a. Charlotte Flair, the <laughs> SmackDown women's champion. So Charlotte hits the ring, uh, talks about the women's revolution and how it started on Monday Night Raw, of course, tying into the whole Raw 30 years, uh, 30 year anniversary thing. Uh, you know, even though I'm the SmackDown women's champion, Raw will always be my home. And Bianca Belair comes out. Her music hits. Your Raw Women's Champion. She enters the ring. She says, I respect the crown that you wear, and you wear it good, but I go here now. <laughs> I love when she says that. <laughs> yeah. I go here now. Yeah. Yeah, I love Bianca Belair. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, and just saying, uh, you know, listen, you know, this is, you know, even though you may be the queen, you know, you may be, you know, the greatest women's wrestler today, 
this is my show. You know, I'm your I'm your Raw Women's Champion. This is my show. You run through me. And then mm -hmm. Sonya Deville music hits. Now, this is kind of at the point of the show, Brian, where I think the crowd is starting to kind of dwindle oh, down. Oh, boy, yeah. The Philly crowd is starting to – they're starting to lose the Philly crowd a little bit. Yep. Um, so Sonya Deville comes out. You know, she she talks about, you know, not getting opportunities and, um, you know, not getting that chance. And, you know, she wants – um, she talks about her, you know, um, her role before as like an authority figure, authority figure, mm -hmm. um, you know, and talking she gets about no respect. Yeah, she wants that respect, man. At the end of the day, she <laughs> wants that respect, um, you know, and then she's like, listen, and then Charlotte's like, listen, you know, you know, is, you know, I have a bone, a bone to pick with her after the sneak attack she gave me. But Bianca, this is your show. I, how about you handle this in referring to <laughs> Sonia Deville? And yeah, this leads to a one-on-one -on -one match um, in the next segment. This was Bianca Belair versus Sonya Deville. Match time was under five minutes. I'm going to get Thank to God. that in just a second. Uh, yeah, she wins via the KOD onto Sonya Deville. Um, after the match, Bianca sends a message to Bliss. She's like, do you think I forgot about Alexa Bliss? She's like, no, I got a lot to say about her. It's like, this was just a preview of what I'm going to do to her come Royal Rumble. And you can tell Brian in the middle of this promo. Listen, I like Bianca Belair. I will do. This is also a pro Bianca Belair channel. I do think mm -hmm. that she has a tremendous upside. Yeah. But the way she delivered this promo, it's like she was very out of breath. Like, I don't know if you caught that. Like she was really having a hard time delivering her lines in that promo when she was done with the match. But, um, but again, you know, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go too overboard with it, but it's just something I had to kind of just touch sure. up on there. Alexa Bliss then appears up on the Titan Tron, um, cutting a just a tremendous freaking promo. Uh, I, mm -hmm. mean, I mean, Brian, just just listen to these freaking words, man. Uh, first, she first says, "I am your only." It's like, don't get it twisted. I am your only obstacle. You know, she's like, I don't need Bray, Uncle Howdy, to to tear your face off with my bare hands. And she's <laughs> like, and don't worry, I'll spare your eyes when you see me walk out as, as raw women's champion. I got that Damn. same quote. Like, yeah, that was it, a cold blooded line. And I freaking yeah. loved it. And guys, you know what that sounds like? You know what that line sounds like? Bray Wyatt. Because yeah. Alexa bliss has said this in the past. A lot of her work, her, her, you know, her trying to, get the ball rolling with her character has been through Bray Wyatt. You know, I talk about the best work of her career as being with Bray Wyatt. This mm -hmm. screamed Bray Wyatt to me. And that, and it doesn't shock me at all. And the way that bliss is, and this, and that's not, and that's not taking anything away from bliss because bliss is delivering this. So just tremendously well, man, again, um, the facial expressions along with yeah, it. And yeah. this also comes down to this man. Like, where do you go with this match at the Royal rumble? Because I mentioned this at the top of the show as well. Bianca has to retain that title, but at the same time, Alexa Bliss is gaining a lot of momentum with this character. So it's really going to be interesting, interesting to see mm -hmm. where they go with this match. But as, as far as this segment after the match is concerned, um, tremendously well done. The match itself. I, I understand you have to make your raw women's champion dominant, Sonia Deville lost to Charlotte Flair in under six. Now she's losing in under five. 
And now she's potentially going to face Charlotte Flair again for the SmackDown women's title at what the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and it's like, guys, like if she can't hang for more than four to five minutes, what makes us think that she's even going to have a chance right? To sniff that freaking title? You know what I mean? And that's what I don't understand. Fan, like, why is Sonya Deville again? If they're if they are building her towards the Rumble to have a title match, mm-hmm. which to me at this point it looks like they are, why is she losing? Right and under five minutes, like it to me it makes no sense, bro. Um, as far as the uh, and I'm gonna get to you, Brian, as well, uh, in just a second. As far as in, Ric Flair introducing her or uh, introducing Charlotte, you you kind of understood why they did that. You yeah, know, they were in Philadelphia. It's a raucous crowd. They don't take no bullshit, man. They knew that if Charlotte Flair came out there just by herself, Philly was going to give it to her. And the fact that they kind of they they kind of blurred the lines with Ric Flair introducing her, you know, Ric Flair getting a little cheap pop from the crowd. And yep, comes Charlotte I, kind of mm-hmm. dwindled down. And then you then the crowd kind of like, oh, okay, well, Charlotte Flair's in the ring. It kind of just and that's when kind of Philly just lost interest. So Again, they're yeah. they're they're doing the best they can to protect Charlotte Flair. Again, guys, the 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 proof is in the pudding. So, but yeah, man, as we go into as we get uh, further into the third hour, Brian, your thoughts on the segment and this match with Bianca and Sonya Deville? Yeah, I kind of I thought the same thing with Flair. Um, well, Rick introducing Charlotte, like, well, first of all, <laughs> that suit Flair was wearing. I mean. Dude, he he's still Ric Flair, man. But um, so yeah, him introducing where you were saying it was kind of like blurring the lines there a little bit because I love the sentiment, you know, father and daughter, and I'm sure, you know, I know it's obviously he's immensely proud of her and you know all that, but I, it was just bad timing. Like I don't know, man. I, like again, I just wasn't a fan. It, it seemed like whatever. Again, it was like so much. It was it felt so forced that. Like, you know, Rick's out there like, she's the best. She's the 14-time champion. Like, almost telling you to like, hey, you got to root for her because she's my daughter. You know, that's what it felt like. And it just, yeah, wasn't wasn't buying it. Um, And then, yeah, so, but, so to uh, Sonya Deville. So she's been in the, she's been in the ring with both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Champions now. Lost, lost both times in under five minutes. So what the hell, man? What? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it. Um, the match. I mean, it was cricket. The, the the crowd. It was crickets. I you know I don't think the match was. I mean, I guess it wasn't horrible, but like, and I even wrote down here. It felt like it ended abruptly. Almost like they knew it was kind of like this isn't this isn't it. You know, where something. It's just not clicking here, and it felt like it ended abruptly, you know, but whatever. Yeah, I got it's, those same vibes too, yeah. Yeah, so again, so for me, this is like the last three segments have just been like, what the, it started off like so great, and then it's like, what the fuck is happening? But yeah, I, I don't got much to say about that, about the match, or I don't know where Sonya Deville goes from here. It, yeah, does she have a match at the Rumble? I, I don't know. But if she does, that's the thing, you know. If she does, so what? She's going to go in there and now put on a fifteen or twenty minute banger with Charlotte, or you know, that's not happening. Who knows, man? So, 
All right, man, we move on. Uh, next segment was the Miz. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Sorry. Going into Alexa Bliss there. Yeah, that was oh, the best right. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your sorry. thoughts about Alexa Bliss, man. We got to get your thoughts about Alexa Bliss. Yeah, that. so that was the best part of that whole thing. You know, Alexa Bliss coming in there at the end. And I actually had the, her her line there about tearing her, her face off and leaving her eyes. And it was just the way she delivered it. It was it was so good, man. And so, yeah, it's... Uh, I love I like seeing her in that in that dark character kind of. So, yeah, she she knocked it out of the park with that promo. Absolutely, man. She continues to deliver yeah. by the day and by the week, man. Shout out to Alexa Bliss. Yep. Um yeah, man. So, I'm going to make this short with this next segment. Miz is yeah. praying after commercial break, pretty much complaining, you know, 30 years of Monday Night Raw, and where's the Miz? Where's Miz TV? Where's my <laughs> celebration? Kevin Owens comes out out of nowhere and just, you know, just drops the Miz where he stands with a <laughs> right. He grabs the microphone and he calls out Roman Reigns, you know, leading up to their match at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Says, Roman, he's like, listen, you you may have pledged Sami Zayn not guilty, but Roman, you are guilty for holding WWE hostage for the past two plus years. You know, he continues to send a message. Like He's like, I will do everything that I can to take that title away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he mentions like, listen, either I'm, I'm going to become a champion or I'm going to become a champion that you guys, that the people can be proud of. He's like, I'm taking that title from you or I'm going to die trying. And he stuns the Miz again when the Miz <laughs> gets back yeah. up to his feet. He's like, bro, like, like sit the F down, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Kevin Owens just looking like a badass in this segment. The Miz again, the Miz, it does no harm, no foul to the Miz. Um, I, I don't mind this at all with the Miz, the Miz to me in this, in this segment, I think it, I think was the right person for this very mm-hmm. short, very simple. Um, yeah. you know, you know, like I said, if you, if you got Roman and all these other SmackDown talents, you might as well, I guess, put in Kevin Owens right now. I'm going to mention that as well, honestly, at the end of this show, when we're done with it. Um, but yeah, man, you Brian, your thoughts with this short little segment here with Kevin Owens. Yeah, I mean, I think promo or the promo by KO was, I mean, it was, it was pretty good. Um, you know, it was a good promo. You know, I could have done without the Miz, but I understand why he was out there, you know, and just so, you know, basically out there for KO to stun him. I mean, that's, that's why he was there. But, um, yeah. Okay. I do, res- I do respect the Miz though, because any like no, I do this too. This dude is a company guy. Like if, yeah. if like Miz, yeah. Miz, if Vince tells him to do something, like Miz will do it. Like mm-hmm. he is he he is that loyal to WWE in this company. So I give him respect for that. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Not shitting on Miz at the at all. It just you know was it, it was the the point of the thing was for to for KO to deliver that promo and you know it was an okay promo and I guess uh, maybe we'll see him Friday night and go from there. Yeah, man. All right. Finally, guys, we get into the main events. This was Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship match. This was also, uh, again, I believe at the last second, this was also no DQ, if I believe. Um, yeah. This was also mm-hmm. a no disqualification match. Match time yep. was just under 15 minutes. The match was the match, guys. I mean, Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley should sound familiar. Why? Because we've seen this match <laughs> about 10,000 freaking <laughs> times. It's 2023 and we're still getting this shit, man. My title, non title. Yeah. You know, you know and, and better yet, let's end the show with it. Well, we know why they ended the show with it, but we're going to get yeah. it in just a second as well. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so in this match, uh, Lashley delivered, a, uh, which I thought was a cool spot. It was a suplex on the top rope. Uh, Theory delivered a low blow to Lashley, but it ended up having Lashley put uh, Austin Theory through a table via a spine buster. And then familiar music hits. It is Brock Lesnar enters the ring. All The yeah. cowboy Brock is like I like to call him nowadays. <laughs> cowboy right. hat and all with his former outfit on whatever the hell he's freaking lumberjack he hits the ring man with authority he wastes no time picking up bobby lashley and delivering an f5 um onto him and then he picks up austin theory delivers (laughs) an f5 onto uh lashley and um lashley yeah theory lands on bobby lashley and in for the cover right two three and theory wins the match man and um, and uh, also a big botch at the end of this show. And I'm going to tell you what the botch is, uh, Brian. Raw quick okay, just goes off the air as as Corey Graves is in the middle of the yeah. sentence. Mm-hmm. The show just ends. And that's it. There's no you give. Listen, it's bad enough that this United States title match that no one gave a shit about anyway. You can hear the Philly crowd. They're st- they're like, I mean, they got a nice cool pop from Brock because I believe there was a rumor, I think, uh, I think on Fightful, um, which um, on Twitter saying that they were trying to land Brock Lesnar and they couldn't okay. land him. So that rumor yeah, was going it, it on. shocked so me sure when his Philly music heard hit. About it, like, oh, we're not going to get Brock. And then they hear Brock's music like, oh, snap. I didn't know he was going to be here. I thought he yeah. wouldn't be here. So you got that cheap little pop from Brock. Um, and yeah, just like you've been doing this, guys, for 30 plus years. You guys can't de- deliver good time management to go off the air properly. Like, come on, man. That was just very, very messy. It's bad enough you have this match in the main event when we've seen this match 10,000 times. But yeah, man, just really just very, very sloppy on WWE's end, man, to just not letting anything breathe. The the the, 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 the show just ends abruptly. Definitely puts a damper yeah. on things of... Mm-hmm how this show ends, like you mentioned, Brian, of after that first hour. And yeah, in regards to Brock, man, like, I, I mean, I mean, didn't we just see Brock and Bobby at, in, in, at uh, what was it, Crown Jewel in November? Well, now I was going to say, what, at the Rumble. this again. Like, guys, listen. And it'll be a triple like threat Brock at the Rumble. Lesson. Yeah, at the well, Royal tri- Rumble. It'll be Theory, it it theory the Bobby, Rumble. and Brock. I listen, yeah. I like Brock Lesnar, guys. Mm-hmm. I truly do. I like Brock Lesnar. I know there's a lot of people that don't like Brock, just like <clears> there's a lot of people that don't like Ronda Rousey. But it's it's the realism. Realism in his fights, realism in his segments. But why are we just constantly throwing Brock with Bobby Lashley now? And these yeah. same people over and over and over and over and over again. It's great that he's not involved in a title. That's just that's just plus number one. Well, he will. Yeah, I, I think like, he will be. He because the United States title. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could be involved in the United States. Cha- yeah, I mean, I, but but again, it's 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 Bobby. Regardless of the United States Championship, it's just Brock mm-hmm. and Bobby Lashley because clearly yeah. that's what they're going with right now. We've seen it. We don't need to see anything else between these two. Like, what are we going to see that's new, Brian? We're going to see a bunch of power moves. You're going to see spears. You're going to see suplex city bitches. You're going to see F5s all over and over. You're going to see a barricade spot. 
How many times you know? have you seen a barricade spot where they just spear? Yes, it's bad. Oh, yeah. it. But again, you see it so many times. It's just like, oh, here it comes. Oh, there it is. And you know, F5 onto the table. F5 onto the table. I can go on and on, guys. So <laughs> yeah. again, it's great to see Brock. I get it. But dude, like we're just throwing him with Bobby Lashley, you know, and you can't even properly end the show. Yeah, that, that was pretty. With the, with the time management and just abruptly ending the show. Just yeah. very sloppy. Didn't care about the match. I mean, didn't the the whole again the way the show ended abruptly was just just very very just really very messy from from uh, WWE and Bobby and Brock again. Okay, am I supposed to get excited? Come on, man. Brian, right. your final thoughts, man. Your final thoughts with this show and how it ended. Uh, yeah. So for the main event, Lashley and theory, again, we've seen the match a thousand times. I I don't have too much to say about it. The one thing I will say, did you notice? And I, so they announced, so Theory's the champion, but theory come, I, I just felt it odd that theory was introduced and he came out first as the champion. I, I don't know. May, I don't know why that just, I caught, I was like, well, why? They I mean, that kind of do what? They do that a lot with like a lot of where the I mean, champion comes out first. Yeah, I'm never a fan of that, honestly. Gotcha. I, feel I, mean, like I, mean, the I guess they, they probably do. Last. Yeah. 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 So I just, I thought that was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, so the the high point was obviously Brock coming back. And I, I think, I think what they're setting up for is not just Brock and, and Bobby, but I think it'll be a triple threat just with Austin Theory in there for the United States title. That's, I guess that'll probably happen at, at the Rumble. It'll be those three for the U.S. title, which, eh, oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. You know, like we haven't seen a triple threat match uh, for the right. United States Championship. You know, we yeah, see so. it's Bobby and Austin Theory, right? And minus Seth Rollins, it's just Brock Lesnar. It's just Brock. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, I, I don't see where else you go with, there, with that unless – unless I don't know. I mean, because, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same – Within that U.S. title, or just within those characters, like it feels like, yeah, over the past two years, and like, or, you know, I, I'm tired of seeing Brock and Bobby, or Seth and Theory, or Seth and Bobby, or you know, Seth and I don't know. I'm getting all the names confused now, but anyway, just those combinations of people, like we've seen it already. So, uh, I guess the new thing is here with this match, we haven't seen the combination of these three guys together for the title. So that's why we have it at rumble. <laughs> yeah. And to end this man, uh, I do want to talk about these ratings. The ratings came out just a short while ago. Um, and I do want to bring them up. Um, the first hour guys, we talk about how heavily we, we love this first hour and be like, Oh, shut up. James, mm -hmm. you're fanboying. Stop, stop. Just please stop enough. Well, you know why? guys it's not just me that was a fan clearly a lot of people were fans of this first hour because the ratings popped at a 2.6 in the first hour guys a 2.6 okay. very nice very nice yeah you know what i'm saying and guys i'm not praising this because i love it the statistics prove my point you know what i mean but let's you know, but you know, but let's continue to just well, we want just great wrestling, James. It's just it's about great wrestling. We need great matches. You know, why are we just you know, it's you know, get to the wrestling. Enough of this supernatural stuff, enough of this like these ridiculous sports entertainment stuff. It's stupid, it's weird. <laughs> enough, man. Just you know, enough. 
So yeah, man, I talk about, you know, and I also talked about Bray Wyatt not being a draw. Well, he was a part of that first hour. Yeah, clearly he's not a draw, Brian. Right. You know, 2.6, you know, just bringing in these. And then hour number two um, was a 2.3. So yeah, I mean, listen, I, t- to sum this all up, you know, to me, it was either a two, it was either a 2 million at the bare minimum. You know, this was a big show. Mm-hmm. You, you, you hype this up 30 year anniversary, right? The minimum was a two, was a two, um, yeah. on the dot, just a two point, just a 2 million. And they went over it, man. They, 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 they did for the majority of the show they did. And we're going to get to the average rating in just a second. And of course the third hour dropped at that 2 million. Of course, of course, that's, I'm sure, you know, the Philly crowd said it all too, man. People just lost interest. The, yeah. Yeah. The you can see said it. it himself, man. He doesn't know how to book the third hour. He's wanted to get rid of that third hour, but yeah, man. Um, just, you know, just again, man, just, I, 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 I give, you know, you know, that Vince and the USA network are happier than a pig in shit right now when they yeah. see these numbers, because guys, the average rating of this show was a 2.34 million guys. That is the highest rating they have gotten since April 6th of 2020. You have to go back to the Thunder really? era. It's been that long. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And, you know, and that's what I'm saying, man. If you guys think that we're blowing. You said April of 20. So damn near three years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Almost about Holy two and a shit. half years. Almost. Yeah, exactly, man. That And that's what I mean, man. You know, we talk about ratings and how redundant they are. They can't hit that two million. They keep doing this and that. Well, now, well, finally, man. And, and when you see this first hour and you hear us praising it, you know, it's for a reason because a lot of smart fans, a lot of fans that know how professional wrestling works, the numbers prove it. Mm-hmm. You know, 2.6 million in that first hour alone. Two and, and, and how and, and one match, course, right? One match that didn't come on until right. And there 50 was hardly any wrestling. The, Guys, right. hardly any wrestling. And you yeah. get a 2.6. But let's keep throwing out freaking ridiculous matches that lead to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Again. Oh my God. Man. Telling you, yeah, tell I, tell very... the story. Tell the build the story. Yes, Brian. Absolutely. <laughs> preach it and preach, man. Absolutely preach, man. But yeah, man. Absolutely applaud. Um you know, and obviously you can also tell Brian as well as we also wrap this up. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these segments, especially in the first hour, were mainly a lot of SmackDown talent because yeah. there was hardly because because you know this, Brian. We talked about this on the Friday uh, review. SmackDown is not only carrying WWE on its back, but professional wrestling as a whole. Yeah, Vince yep. McMahon knew that. He knew that coming into this 30-year anniversary, all the hype, all the build leading up to this show, and says, you know mm-hmm. what? Let's because we have nothing for Monday Night Raw. There's hardly any freaking any freaking storyline to get invested into Monday Night Raw. Is, Let's take is, a few of these SmackDown talents and and try to since it's a 30 year anniversary type of deal with all the legends and stuff. And boy, man, did they did they hit a freaking home run with this show, man? They hit a yeah. it's a grand slam out of the ballpark. You you gotta you gotta go all the way to freaking where were they were in Philadelphia. You gotta all the go all the way to the freaking. Uh, Grand Central Station in New York to find that freaking <laughs> ball. They hit it so freaking far. Yeah, man. Just, you know, and, and that's what I mean, man. That's why I like to bring up ratings because yes, I praise it. Yes. I have my favorites. Yes. You know, we, it comes off that we feel like we know better than, than everybody else, but guys, we talk about ratings because 
we it's it's proof that what we're saying is in the same boat as everybody it's, else because yeah, we, know, it's what, we it's, know what brings in numbers. Yeah. Bray Wyatt is a needle mover, right? The bloodline and Sami Zayn right now are needle movers, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the great matches in the middle of your show. You save that for the pay-per-view, right? You save matches yep. like Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. You save matches like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in that Iron Man match. I believe it was back in WrestleMania 12, right? And you use uh, the these 90, shows. 495, yeah. Yeah, yeah, somewhere along those lines, right? You build these shows, guys, to build storylines. I don't give a shit about the wrestling, okay? The wrestling, I'm not worried about a three-hour show getting to wrestling. There's plenty of time to get to wrestling. Mm -hmm. But with these shows, man, take advantage of them and use it to build storylines and feuds. And when you get to the pay-per-view, then you guys can see your great matches. Then you guys can see your bangers and all of that right. fun stuff that people love to hear. And I can't be more happy to see these numbers because Raw has struggled so much mm -hmm. um, over the past number of months, years. Uh, getting yeah, that, that, that's, that shocked me. Three years. Yeah, to get, you know, we said, you know, 2 million was kind of the bare minimum. The fact that they went to it, you know, I even mentioned, I, I mentioned this to myself before we got on the air, Brian. I'm like, oh, 2.1, 2.2, is that stretching it? But no, nah, dude, a 2.3 and then a 2.6 in the first hour, man. They, yeah, applause, man. Absolutely. You know, like I said, man, um, and you know, does it remain at a two? You know, do, do they? <laughs> and that's the thing, man, because, you know, I, I want to be happy and I am very happy to see these numbers because we hardly yeah. get to praise Monday Night Raw on their ratings. But moving forward, man, it's just the uncertainty of how long this is actually going to stay above a 2.2 because I, I mean, can yeah, clearly see I, I don't think so. Going, yeah, I could see, like, uh, see, sincerely seeing i can speak god <laughs> seeing these ratings going back down to that 1.5 1.6 1.7 that i mentioned in in previous episodes so yeah but yeah man uh brian your thoughts about these ratings man because i didn't sh i didn't mention to the uh to these ratings until now since we're on the yeah episode. so so that shocks me that especially you know having the most you know viewers in in over three or just about three years i mean yeah that was pretty impressive it, but that makes sense like Again, for me personally, I agree with you. That first hour, that was money, man. All all the way through that first hour and fifteen minutes or so. Um, after that, man, it just it really did just fall off for me. So, like I overall, the show that too, from a two point six all the way down to a two point oh in that third hour. Or so yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I mean, overall, you know that that first hour really saved it. I mean, I think overall it was an average show, but yeah, that first hour was. You know how, like, last, uh, what was it, our last, um, our SmackDown show, I, I had said, you know, that was the best show, top to bottom, that I had seen from either AEW or WWE in quite some time. Well, this is probably the best hour I've seen of wrestling in, in quite some time. So, or, And it wasn't even wrestling. It was just the storytelling and a little bit of wrestling. <laughs> That's all you need, man. That's yeah. That's all you need. And like I said before, man, you know, uh, Vince, you know, I'm sure Vince and the USA Network are taking those numbers and they are running to the high hills with it because they are happier than a pig in shit right now, mm -hmm. and happily so. Yep. Yeah. Guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was episode number ten of Ruthless Talk, man. Monday Night Raw, January twenty third, twenty 
23 guys 10 episodes man it's can't believe it's already been 10 episodes yeah, I know. We want to thank everybody tuning in we want to thank everybody who's been along with it and along with us uh in this journey man we got a whole lot of content coming this week again you know the royal rumble is this saturday the saturday first pay-per-view review coming for you guys this sunday um we will cover um aw on thursday night that'll mm-hmm. be on thursday so make sure you guys stay tuned for that uh, no SmackDown review for this week uh, due to our work schedules. There will be no SmackDown reviews this week. Um, so and we considering will, we will the Rumble save, shows on Saturday anyway. So. We will save all of our eggs in our basket for the yeah. big first pay-per-view review, which is going to be the Royal Rumble on Sunday. So make sure you guys stay tuned for a very special episode of Ruthless Talk for that first pay-per-view review. Yes, man. sir. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Make sure you guys stay notified and all of that jazz man so again yeah tune in for episode number 11 when we cover aw dynamite but yeah man that is going to do it for this episode my name is james porcelli and i'm brian thomas and we are signing off saying salute peace out and take care everybody peace out